0: But we bet you'll like them.
1: I'm back in the saddle again. Pop pop is showtime, showtime. 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 Guess who's back again?
0: Checking in from the right side of Acadia,na seeking truth. Oh! Justice. Somebody ought to belt
1: you in the mouth.
0: Yes. And a whole lot of freedom to
1: have fun. Winning, winning, winning. OP. Yeah. This is the Rush Report.
2: Oh, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Apple has pulled the plug on their electric vehicle project. Ding, dong. The plug is pulled.
1: (laughs) Wasn't that just launched?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't take them long to figure it out. They're not stupid people. Although I think the the world is populated by stupid people who think electric vehicles are going to be the wave of the the future. Uh, Look what's happening. Oh, my gosh. You saw that house fire? There was a lithium ion battery it was an apartment fire well how i don't know but anyway it caught fire and you're seeing this happen all over the place it's just awful uh this is the stupidity of this green new deal garbage now we see oh letitia james she didn't have enough fun going after trump now she's going after the whole beef industry you heard that on the on the guys that mark leaving Cabin robbins had that story she is uh, she can't get crime under control in new york In the state of New York, the city of New York, whatever. No, she's got to go after Trump for a made up, made up crime. No crime at all. And now she's gone after the beef industry. Oh, look out. You think the farmers in uh, the Netherlands and France and Spain and Germany are pissed off? Watch and see what happens in the United States of America. What happens with that? We have an even deeper DNA of freedom. And distrust of government. Okay, now, Donald Trump, yes, yes, yes. Donald Trump, his attorneys, just asked a New York appellate court to pause the collection of his $454 million civil fraud judgment during the appeal process. You know, it only seems fair. He said he's willing to post a $100 million appeal bond rather than try to pay the full amount as the process plays out in court. This seems only fair. But hey, it's New York. Anything having to do with Donald Trump, uh <laughs> anything goes up there. The the ruling it, it's so deeply awfully flawed, but it contains a clause banning Trump, his company and his co-defendants from securing loans from New York banks for 3 years which makes it impossible for him to obtain a bond for the entire four hundred and fifty four million dollars. I mean, what the hell were they thinking? No. Well, that's exactly what they were thinking. They want to bankrupt him and they want to seize his property. Who's going to get all that money? There are no victims. The banks weren't victims. The insurance companies weren't victims. Every the contractors were paid. Who's going to get that money? Oh, maybe Letitia, Letitia and the judge. You know, Anyway, he's filed an appeal of Engeron's order, which it's it's totally unfair. Did not automatically stop the judgment from being enforced. The appeal just asked the court to consider whether the judge committed errors of law or fact and or fact, which the whole thing was an error. And he asked Engeron just to delay the payment in the case, you know, but of course the judge denied that. In fact, the judge ruled in favor of Letitia James before the trial even began by finding Trump responsible for inflating his wealth before he heard a smidgen of testimony. He said he was responsible for inflating his wealth. So the trial was only about, okay, how much are we going to get? We know what you did. Without any due process, we know what you did. Now we just have to figure how much we can scam you. And that's what they did. That's what the trial was about. Good Lord. I, I just, this, this nightmare cannot end soon enough. Now, you want to talk about the insanity that they're doing? There's a, a story in American Thinker that is unbelievable, except it's believable with this bunch. Biden's 3030 Land Grab by Janet Levy. It's an American thinker. You know, deeply ingrained in our founding principles is the principle of private property rights as the chief basis of prosperity and freedom. But uh, you've seen how long, I mean, they've been selling us out left and right, state and local governments. And needless to say, citizens and businesses more and more have no part in the decision making. The federal government could come in and take your land anytime because this is part of the global half-Earth agenda. You know, you've heard that they wanted to depopulate the earth by about 50%, right? You heard that, right? Well, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature at the Earth Summit 2012 in Rio, see, it's just getting around us, but one of their aims is they do this stuff by stealth until it finally all comes out, like in this story in American Thinker. But uh, they want to set aside 50% of the world's land and water for conservation by 2050. They're insane because they want to depopulate the Earth by at least 50%. And good old Joe, you know, he couldn't he could not wait to get in there and destroy our prosperity. He could not wait to sign those executive orders, killing a pipeline and, and killing the wall and killing the drilling and killing everything else. Everything else. Everything good. Joe Biden went after with executive orders. That's why it's hilarious when he says right now, I need Congress to act. No, you just sign those, redo those executive orders. Rescind all the executive orders that you did just to be against Trump. Well, he signaled a commitment to this. This is the stupidest agenda I have ever heard. He signals his commitment with an executive order, 1408. And they called it, of course, they always give it a sweet name, don't they? The America the Beautiful. America the beautiful executive order. But it absolutely undercuts any constitutional principles of private property and hopes to place at least 30% of the land and water in this country under permanent protection. Now, we've seen how well the protection works out in the West, where the federal government owns a lot of the land out West. How is it managed? Poorly? Terribly? A lot of uh, private Uh, operators have come in and said, hey, look, let us operate on the land and we'll take care of it better than you do. And they do. And they do. Until the government decides they want to come in and take it over again. Anyway, they're trying to do this. 30%. Can you imagine? 30% of the land and water in the country under the government's permanent protection. So what did they do? They issued that, I mean, Biden issued that executive order. And then the Department of the Interior issued a companion order which rescinded the Trump administration's SO 3388 and removed, listen to this, removed any state and local veto power. I had to sneeze, sorry. (laughs) That was not for effect. I just had to sneeze. Anyway, so with this Department of the Interior, this companion piece that rescinded the Trump administration's um, executive order, and that way it removed state and local veto power, state and local governments cannot even veto federal land acquisitions. Now, if this isn't so far outside the powers of the federal government given to it by the states, I don't know what is. And it's always, always under the pretext, what? Climate change, reversing the terrible climate change, which which so bad. Of course, there, there's a whole cabal of millionaire elites who want to control us by controlling everything else, the land, the water, everything. So states and local governments can't even fight back against this. But it's crazy because... Because the numbers don't add up as usual when it comes to climate change, et cetera. The numbers never add up. It's a phony baloney made up crisis just to be able to exert more control. What was the pandemic? A phony baloney made up crisis because it could have been handled in so many different ways. But the way they handled it was give me more control. The virus was not phony baloney. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the response the response was probably the worst they could have done. And you heard Dr. Phil, he was freaking out the women on The View. It was especially harmful to children who were not even really the targets and did not did not have to worry about the kids being so adversely affected by the virus, what they were adversely affected by and continue to be. The loss is stunning by the shutdown. Well, who was that for? That was for the teachers' unions. That wasn't for the kids. And the numbers still don't add up. So you're going to, they say, okay, you're going to lose 11 million acres per decade. 11 million acres per decade. That's about an acre a decade. An acre every year, right? 11 million per decade and a little over a million per year but you're taking 680 million acres of land away, putting it under protection. When we already have 270 million acres permanently protected, which is about 25 times the loss over that decade is, I mean, what else do you call that? The numbers don't add up. So what is it? If it's not a colossal land grab, it is a colossal land grab. And by the way, Getting back to my original point, that the government is better at conservation than landowners, not true. We'll get into that in a minute. We do have to take a break. We'll be right back on the Ross Report. So you just figure your government, some level of government is going to be lying to you today. Just, hey, gird your loins and have some fun. Don't let them take away the joy for their stupidity, because we're fighting back. Are you? Yeah. Get ready.
1: Fight back, we got the dreamers' the age fourteen they got to down on your knees. So I
2: time, but I don't mind. Just want a lucky girl. All right, welcome back. Okay, so. We we're talking about this land grab that they want to preserve but we're already preserving more than they say they want to preserve right now but they just, it's just it's just another it's just another power grab so you know they keep saying oh the government is going to yeah, right we already have we already have 270 million acres permanently protected so why why would they want to do this oh the government's better at conservation than landowners not And every congressional report by four federal agencies, Bureau of Land Management, Fish and Wildlife, National Park Service, and the Forest Service. They have a combined maintenance backlog of $19.38 And that was several years ago. Can, Can you imagine what it is right now? On the flip side, private owners are the best caretakers of land. Producing food, energy, minerals, everything people need. And their livelihood, I mean, after all, they got to know what they're doing, if they're going to have a decent livelihood. So the American Stewards of Liberty, which is a nonprofit dedicated to protecting private property rights, uh, said, you know, they say, you know, there's no scientific data to suggest that preserving land will cure climate change. And 36% of our land is already owned or protected by federal and state governments. See, but that's not good enough for the feds. They want this law or executive order because they don't want anybody to be able to challenge them. Because almost every time that they have been challenged, they've lost. Uh, I mean, for instance, okay, there was this one, uh, oh, the, the ancestral footprints. Biden wanted a new monument there located near the Grand Canyon National Park, right? It was the ancestral footprint of the Grand Canyon National Monument, and they're expanding it. It's nearly a million acres, a million acres. But the Antiquities Act—they couch it under the Antiquities Act—says you know these designations should be the smallest area compatible with proper care and management, right? Well, so some Republican representatives filed suit and said he he exceeded his executive authority. Went to court. Went to court. They're fighting him. Uh, Another guy is fighting him, suing uh, Biden and the federal government. He's losing grasslands and creek where his cattle graze. And he's losing water. And he's now facing criminal penalties. He's being represented pro bono by the Pacific Legal Foundation. A lot of these people are being represented pro bono by the Pacific Legal Foundation. And some of them are winning. They're actually winning. But as John Roberts said, I don't know, always trust him, but he said, you know, the the Antiquities Act does not really provide any r- restraint on presidents' power, giving them almost limitless power to set aside vast expanses of land above and below sea level. So somebody needs to do something about that Antiquities Act. Now, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, they they they're doing okay i mean the pacific legal foundation is helping them there are a lot of state and local governments but this law this executive order this law if passed would do away with that ability you would not be able to sue the federal government if you were a state or local government now paxton governor paxton has just had a big win a big win Wow, the court gave him a 1.7 trillion federal omnibus that was passed illegally unconstitutionally, and Paxton said, "No, I don't like it. It's not legal. They passed it under the pretext of COVID 19, and he can still sue, and he is. And guess what Am I getting that story? Okay. Blonde is checking out a story for me that we picked up on Neighbor Next Door, and it's so unbelievable, and we're trying to get it confirmed. And uh as soon as we do, we will share it with you. But if this is a big win for all of us because, uh, you know, the proxy voting was allowed during the pandemic. Proxy voting was allowed during the pandemic, and Paxton filed suit and said, this is not constitutional, you can't do proxy voting even under the pretext of COVID-19. So they violated the Constitution. That federal omnibus was $1.7 and Ken Paxton just got a big win. A big win. He did. <laughs> the court gave him a big win. Where it goes from here, I don't know. Is What kind of redress he's going to have? I don't know but he got a big win on this one they said the consolidated appropriations act of 2023 violated the quorum clause of the US constitution now how do we rescind it i don't know what do we do with that i don't know we'll see we shall see all right that that is a, that's a big win in texas now i don't know i don't know um I don't know how far this will go. I don't know how we rescind any of that. All right, I I want to get an update on that story because I found it to be totally crazy, so we went to the source. All right. Okay, the story is, let me set it up. It was reported on Neighbor Next Door that some folks were at the Rouse's on Johnston Street.
1: On Johnston Street.
2: And they saw two men with baskets emptying out the ribeyes, all of the ribeyes from the meat case. And I said... This can't be possible. They would not have let them out the door. They Somebody called. Da-da-da-da. Blah? Call. I, I said, call Rouse's and see if you can get a confirmation. Blah?
1: I just got on the, off the phone with the manager. Uh, he couldn't come on air. I asked him. He said, no, store won't let me. But, yes, maybe Saturday. He didn't know the exact date. Uh, two men came in. They picked up two black baskets, and they took all the ribeyes and head out the door. Apparently, this kind of shoplifting, uh, he said it was like a common occurrence,
2: there's a crime. see we see it we see the videos like on the news from other places well it's happening here. We have a crime spree going on right here. Got trouble in River City right here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh yeah. Get out the music man. Start the marches. Crime spree. Now you wonder why we can't get more investment? That's why they're having a crime special session in Baton Rouge. Because we're having a crime spree. It's not just in San Francisco or New York. It's not just in New Orleans. It's happening right here in Lafayette, Louisiana. You wonder why you can't get investment in a certain part of town? Crime spree. You can't. This is Johnston Street. Crime spree spreading all over the place.
1: He, uh, The manager said, yeah, no, shoplifting is a common occurrence. And when I asked him... Because he said all the ribeyes. I said, all the ribeyes, really? Like, he laughed at me because it just, it just seemed to him like...
2: Well, that's why I wanted you to like call. It was just common. Right. It sounded like urban, le- urban legend, right? All the ribeyes from Rousey
1: Yep. Walked in, two black baskets, picked it up and ran. <laughs>
2: I'm telling you, as a law-abiding citizen, I am infuriated. I saw that little torp lifting all the iPhones out of that store in San Francisco. In, I thought was it was in t- New York. It might have been New York. Okay. Walked out. Had stuffing them down his pants, big expensive iPhones. Yeah, not big, but they're small expensive iPhones. And he picked up every single one, ripped them from their cord, went around one side, down the other side, up the other side, and walked out the door with his pants hanging down, full of iPhones. And nobody did a damn thing. Nobody. This is this is sickening.
1: All those are tracking you, by the way. Like I don't those iPhones. I don't. I don't see like they they got to catch the I'm guy. I'm
2: sure they picked up the guy because that they, they, not they did probably they do pinged. anything with him is that? Well, is the question. And that's the problem. Well, it's no, it's a victimless crime. What? It is not a victimless crime. More, the more shoplifting that goes on, the more you and I have to pay to make up the difference. It is not a victimless crime. We are all victims of shoplifting. And thank you to the Rouse's manager for having the courage and the honesty to confirm what is all over the uh, uh, neighbor next door, by the way. And it just seems so unbelievable. You know me. i got to go to the source. I want to find out if it's true. Thank you, Mr. Manager, whoever you are, for confirming that. Because that's got to be. Uh. I mean, can you imagine the loss? Now I remember it. You know, I've shared with you the story of why the Albertsons in the Northgate Mall closed years ago and it was theft and nobody wanted to talk about it. They didn't want to say it out loud, but it was theft. They had to get out of there. Walmart leaving. Now we haven't seen it. Well, we see it in different ways on in other parts of town, but this is ridiculous. Now it's all over because people are getting away with it. It's all over. And if you think that's a victimless crime, I hate to tell you. Shall I praise Joe Biden? If you think that's a victimless crime, well, you ain't smart. <laughs> All right. Now, I wasn't going to say the other thing. I know you were You were worried I was going to say something else. No. Mm-mm.
1: Coming from Joe Biden, it could be a number of things. It could be any
2: number of things, but, I'm, but it wouldn't come from me. Anyway, we've got to take a break. For the news gee they stole all the ribeyes at rouse's somebody needs to do a country song now do they came in one day with two baskets in hand they stole all the ribeyes ain't that just grand now we gotta pay every single day oh crap we'll be right back All right. <clears throat> yes, Connie, I'm, I'm, I'm going to calm down. All right. Here's the deal on this, but the, you know, it's, um, this is only in, this is in Texas. This is a Texas, uh, court that said that, you know, it, this, the, the 1.7 trillion omnibus spending package passed in 2022 was unconstitutional because it was passed with people voting by proxy, and you're not supposed to be able to do that according to the quorum clause of the U.S. Constitution. So (laughs) it wrapped up the 12 annual appropriations bills into a single piece of legislation, which is what they've been doing since Barack Obama, continuing resolutions, you know, la-di-da. Now, Paxton argued that the House's passage of the measure was unconstitutional as less than half Less than half of the uh, Congress's members, the House of Representatives members, were physically present to vote on it. And the ones who were not present voted by proxy. And Paxton specifically challenged those stipulations in the bill that affect his state. He says, in, in addition to other constitutional challenges, Texas asserts that this provision is unenforceable against it because Congress violated the Constitution in passing the law. So he says the law has no power to address whatever those issues are that affect Texas. Cong- the court has no power to address it because it can't look to extrinsic, extrinsic evidence to question whether the bill became law. The court is interpreting and enforcing the Constitution rather than second-guessing a vote count. Mm. Mm. Said they were indisputably absent, and therefore they violated the Constitution's quorum clause. I like it. I mean, I don't know exactly what items in that massive spending bill affect Texas only, but um, Paxton is pretty happy about it. He says that... uh, You know, Nancy Pelosi abused proxy voting under the pretext of COVID-19 to pass the law, and then Biden signed it knowing they violated the Constitution. And uh, he said he was relieved that the court in Texas upheld the Constitution. Now, the Public Policy Foundation was co-counsel in the case. Now, you may remember that name because Kevin Roberts from Louisiana, who is now head of the Heritage Foundation, used to be associated with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. So the court correctly concluded that this massive act, this massive Appropriations Act, violated the quorum clause. So we'll see how it affects Texas. He said they he believes that whatever issues in that bill affect Texas cannot be enforced thanks to this court ruling. We'll see. The feds have their way of doing things, huh? Feds have their way of doing things. All right, here's, so we have the Biden land grab. Now we have this unconstitutional way of voting that they did. Now, uh, let's see, what else are they up to? Oh, yes. In the big blue, remember every time they, the big blue cities and states, Just blow their budget. What do do I say? Uh, They they don't have to worry about it because the feds under Biden are going to step in and they're going to forgive everything. They're going to forgive everything they owe. And sure enough, there it is. American thinker. American thinker. Democrats went a vita on spending in their solid blue cities and states. And now, now we're going to have to bail them out. They spend money to buy votes, and who, who has to come in and bail them out? They spend big and cause gargantuan debts and deficits, and they never concern themselves. Now they're out there crying. Oh, we have all these illegals because we're a sanctuary city. Well, stop being a sanctuary city. Eric Adams bu- boo-hooing because, well, you know, under the terms of a sanctuary city, I can't. I, I, I can't not. I, Help these people, I have to help these people. I can't ship them off somewhere else. I have to help these people. It's ridiculous. So they're green schemes, bloated union pensions, do for nothing <laughs> do nothing government workers, five star hotels for illegals, health care for illegals. you name it, one boondoggle after another. so why don't they care because they know? Uncle Sugar is there, meaning us, meaning the American taxpayer who might live in a very conservative area, picking up the tab. That's what their fallback is. That's what their fallback is. They've got us to fall back on. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after these words. Don't go away. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to share the news with you. So, okay, so the state, the big spenders and the big blue cities and states, they know Uncle Sugar is always going to bail them out, et cetera. So we we know that um, they can always get the feds with the power of the printing press to give them a bailout. It happens all the time. But here's what's even worse. You thought the Fed was just gonna, the Federal Reserve was to bail out federal debt, right? Oh, wait. Just, just, I hope you're sitting down. Okay. Mitch Daniels blew the whistle on it and he said, you know, for the first time in April of 2020, under the guise of that damnable pandemic, said that the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve announced in April of 2020, that they were willing to buy the debt of state and local governments as well. <gasps> emergency, anybody? Emergency here, emergency there, and the feds will buy your debt. And as Mitch Daniels, so you remember Mitch Daniels, he used to be uh, a head of the uh, Office of Management and Budget uh, under, was it Bush? May have been Bush. He was a good guy. He's in Indiana now. He's He's fantastic. Great numbers cruncher. Really good guy. He said, you know, he talked to a whole bunch of veteran Fed watchers, and they didn't even know that this line had been crossed. But you see, they used code never. You know what did Roman Daniels say? Never let a crisis go to waste. They never let a crisis go to waste. Even when they create the crisis, they make sure it doesn't go to waste. So now, instead of just bailing out the federal government with their quantitative easing and buying the federal debt, no, no. They just decided that even though, even though they actually sunsetted the, the whole thing by the end of 2020, but uh-oh, uh-oh, it was all done. The damage was already done. The blue states and the cities have no ideas to sell nor incentive to make life livable, livable for voters in their states because they have the Fed now wading into the municipal debt markets and buying up the bonds that normal people will not buy, thus artificially inflating their work. Artificially inflating their worth. What does that sound like? The Warmar Republic? Uh, Venezuela? Just a, a decade or so ago? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they any number of ways that they <laughs> will find to scam us. But you know, we can always go drown our sorrows in great food, which I did yesterday, Tim. Went to that meeting yesterday at your place uh, with uh, the treasurer, John Fleming, and right, right. and had my favorite salad. You know, the shrimp pasta salad? Oh, my gosh. I love that thing. I really do. It's an awesome salad.
0: Good. You know, you're not the only one in town because we sell a bunch of them.
2: So. I bet. I bet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, so and then of course, selling salad for sh- by far. Yeah. By far.
2: Some of my friends got the Jacques Boudreau and we were raving about it. And then we got some garlic Aww. knots and they went nuts over the garlic knots. You know, <laughs> I said, you got to try these because I, I wanted one, but I didn't want all four. So I got my friends no, to share.
0: I can i I'm a big, I'm a, Plus five supermodel. I can't eat all four. <laughs> that's,
2: that's, a that's a lot. That's a lot. All right. So the lunch specials tomorrow on uh, on South uh, on Kali Saloon ribeye burger, which everybody yeah, raves right. raves right, about that. And then uh, on Bertrand, it's the, the designer. You know. right?
0: yeah. There you go.
2: So, are y'all still serving yeah. a, a gumbo?
0: We are. We are, and Fantastic. I don't have a cutoff date, so. My uh, manager said, "Hey, when are we gonna stop selling gumbo?" I said, "When you when you stop selling gumbo, stop selling gumbo."
2: <laughs> well, you know we're supposed to get another cold snap, so hey, yeah, yeah, we'll keep it going. And in the meantime, yeah, we have the yeah,
0: cool weather. We got cool weather right around the corner, so it's
2: coming. Still. It's nice. That's what they say. We had a little sprinkle today. I don't know if it's still yeah. raining now, but a little bit this morning. So right. we'll see. Right. But they were all raving about the Jacques Boudreau. I mean, it is. Oh. It, this is a this is a home run. This one. It,
0: yeah, it is. It is. It's our best selling. I'm telling you that for the uh, it's the best selling in that length of time. So so we yeah. have no other pizza in that time frame that will sell more than Jacques. Boudreau. Oh man, Lent. it's perfect pizza, for, perfect food for lunch. Let me just tell you that. Yeah, it uh, really is.
2: And I like I like it with the seasoned olive oil, but folks can get it with the traditional red sauce too.
0: Yeah, the red sauce. The parm. It goes good on all sauces. Good.
2: Really well, what's not to love? It's Dinos. We love Dinos. You know, <laughs> we go, and we're looking forward to the weekend. So I know we're going to have some great things going on at Prajons. Are you doing well, the adult ca- uh, karaoke yet?
0: That's going to start the first Sunday after Easter. Okay. So we, you know you you don't know who knew we were going to have an early spring. Who knew well, we we're that to have a rough winter? You know. Yeah. So uh, we decided. they like said, let's just hold off in case we get those you know last fronts in, and we'll do it after Lent because maybe some people gave up karaoke for Lent. Who knows? They give up a lot of things.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'm just thrilled right now because uh, with this this warm snap, you know, he's talking about a cold snap, a warm snap, after that freeze, my snapdragons are back, like, going crazy. They're all blooming.
0: Right? I can't believe it. They came back. Like it looks like it's April instead of February. It's crazy, huh? I know that, yeah. Oh, well, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take <laughs> it. Sure.
2: Sure. <laughs> Tim, thank you. Dino's wow. three incredible Dino's two amazing Prejeans. Tim Metcalf, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks. Bye take care. care. Bye bye. Yeah, they really are. Everybody was raving about the food yesterday. And I mean, they, they had a big crowd and they had us in there and out of there in no time. I mean, right on time. Right on time. I'm going to try to get the treasurer on. Uh, maybe one day next week, uh, to talk about, uh, to talk about what he's dealing with, and then the insurance commissioner. I ha- I'm doing a deep dive into that. You know, we have we have so many cockamamie rules uh revolving around insurance in this state, and everybody complains about the insurance rates in this state that are just out. It seem to be out of control. There's a reason for everything, and they usually base it on the actuarial tables and. We might have a high rate of uh, uninsured motorists, which we do. We might have a high rate of accidents, which we do. We might have a high rate of unsafe roads, which we do. So all of that combined can can figure into your um, automobile insurance. And then we have uh, hurricanes and floods and all kinds of stuff. So... That will figure into your homeowners. But there has to be a better way of doing this. Florida's been dealing with it. Texas has been dealing with it. A lot of states have been dealing with this. So I'm hoping to have our insurance commissioner on sometime in the near future to talk about all of these things. And he is looking at some measures for the regular session, I believe, that um, that he's going to be uh, focusing on and and a lot of, you know, a lot of, especially a lot of the young uh legislators who just ran for the first time, that was one of the number one, they tell me that's one of the number one issues. That was the number one issue, the insurance rates in the state of Louisiana. And they've just had enough. They have had enough. So I think that would be a good thing. The next thing, now that we're trying to work on crime and get crime under control, uh the next thing we want to uh definitely look at insurance rates. Little by little, we're going to fix this state. We have to fix this state. All right. Uh, by the way, in case you missed the story, the lead-off story that we had today, yes, yes, this is what it sounded like on the floor of the United States Senate today. Just a little bit of, about 10 minute of the about 10-minute speech that Mitch McConnell... Gave.
0: So to my colleagues, thank you for entrusting me with our success. It's been an honor to work with each of you. There'll be plenty of time to express my gratitude in greater detail as I sprint towards the finish line, which is now in sight.
1: I yield the
2: so that was it. Now, Mitch McConnell is not resigning from the Senate. He is just resigning from the leadership leadership of the Senate. He was up for re-election in 2026. He he is up for re-election in 2026. He has not resigned from the Senate. He is just resigning his leadership position. So I think a lot of you know I wanted to reiterate that because it made it. The way we talked about it before, it made it sound like, you know, he was leaving the Senate. We don't know what he's going to do. We only know that he's not going to be the, um, minority leader in the Senate anymore. So, and if you've, he was the longest, longest, uh, running, uh, minor- president of the Senate, minority leader in the Senate, right? Since, uh, he's been in the Senate since 1985. And as I said, he's up for re election again in 2026. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to run again, but he's not, he says he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's just not going to run for the leadership position in the Senate, the, the GOP leadership position. So, uh, if the Republicans, and we're praying and we think they have a good shot of taking over the Senate uh, coming up in 2024, uh, well, That makes the uh, leadership race even more important. And the three uh, who are in line for it in terms of, well, John Thune is the, uh, um, what is he, the deputy deputy leader, Thune, right? Uh, The other one would be John Cornyn. They call him the three Johns. And the third one is John Barrasso. Of those three, the only acceptable acceptable one to me is John Barrasso. So we shall see what happens. It's going to be an interesting time. I like, I don't know about you, but I like interesting times. I mean, if it's too settled, then we don't have a chance to have an impact. But interesting times are are kind of, you know, they're kind of really good for, for people who like change. Because I can think of about, oh, at least seven or eight that I would like. Cruz, Holly, Lee, Scott, Scott, Paul, Rubio, Cotton, Vance, J.D. Vance. Yeah, we can look forward to, well, a change. Yeah. That's about it for us today. But for Mitch McConnell as minority leader in the Senate, it's the final countdown for him in that position. But he just may stay in the Senate. We don't know. He, he's going to be there till 2026. It's the final countdown. All right, people, have a great evening. Final countdown for this show. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. Go Cajuns. Bye-bye.